What is up, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafael Maduszewski. And today, I'm excited because we are going to talk about ankles, ankle mobility, ankle anatomy, and how the ankle affects a lot of exercises that we do. And in particular, things like squatting. So the reason why I wanted to do a whole episode on the ankle is one, last week or the week before, I can't remember, I posted a kind of like infographic um, post about how the talus could be, which is a bone in your ankle, could be the limiting factor in your squat. And it started getting me to think like, have I actually dedicated an entire episode on ankles in general? When I started thinking back, I like briefly touched on it in a back squat um, episode, but never in a simple ankle uh, one. And I also have done one on the importance of uh, toe mobility and just feet in general. So it kind of meshes very well with some topics that I hit. Um, So I'm going to try to keep this to like 20 to 30 minutes-ish and we're gonna see kind of how far we get. Now, I guess to kind of get started, and just a heads up, anytime I do one of these episodes, I literally just think of a topic and I don't even like go down a flow chart. I'm just like off the cuff of my head of like, okay, what do I wanna cover? Uh, what's important to know and things like that. So if I miss anything, then it's gonna be another episode. But if you have any more questions, like feel free to reach out. And if you have not done so already, subscribe to my YouTube channel. We surpassed 500 uh, episodes, 500 subscribers. So thank you for watching, supporting, and all that good stuff. But um, number one, ankle mobility. Why is it important? Important. I can't speak. Important. Um, Well, if you are a gym goer or fitness enthusiast or workup can't speak work out randomly um you're most likely doing things like squats and lunges maybe some plyometric jumps that all require um ankle mobility and in this episode we're going to do a lot of demos and i'm probably going to showcase um some exercises to do so if you're listening highly recommend that you watch this episode afterwards um so if you think about a squat how you descend down at a certain point your knee is going to track over your like midfoot and it needs to have adequate amount of dorsiflexion which is if my hand actually you know what i can just use this thing so you can actually see my foot and ankle so dorsiflexion is when your knee goes forward and it creates that little um angle and that's dorsiflexion whereas plantar flexion is where you're pushing down into the floor in a squad we need adequate amount of dorsiflexion to get low so a lot of times when you don't have adequate um dorsiflexion things like people squats uh will start looking like almost like a deadlift where their butt goes out to the side and then you have compressive forces going down into your spine. So that's like another whole topic about back squatting that I already did. 
and traditionally I'm not a big fan of back squatting for the general population because we're talking about ankles and most general population people don't have really good ankle mobility. So why would I place an exercise onto an individual that doesn't have the prerequisites to do so? But the argument is like, okay, well, the squat, the back squat develops, you know, your legs and your glutes, your quads, and like, I want to get strong in them. Well, it's like, well, there's like a thousand different squat variations that you could use to get really strong, right? So when people argue that they have to do the barbell back squat, I ask them why, and usually they just go down the path of like, oh, it's a superior exercise, but it's like, I can probably get that same person grabbing a dumbbell and goblet squatting with say a hundred pound dumbbell where they use an eccentric um, tempo four seconds at the uh, going down in the descent and then holding it isometrically for four seconds and then shooting up as fast as possible and getting them to do that for 10 reps it's going to be the hardest thing they've ever done if anything it's actually going to improve their back squat because they haven't had that much time under tension ever because most likely their back squat is like a quarter squat and they're not even getting low enough to compete because that's the thing it's like when people go down that whole pathway of like oh back squatting blah 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 blah, they also have a high standard on form and it's like well if you have such a high standard on form and you can't actually do it whatever weight you're doing is not actually what it's supposed to be so anyway that's getting sidetracked so if you're a typical uh gym goer you're doing some sort of squat that requires a lot of ankle dorsiflexion. In my post, I utilized a kind of like anatomy image of an ankle. And there is a bone, and come on down to the floor, in front of your ankle here, called your talus. It's kind of like a disky thing in the front. And sometimes, if it doesn't have the freedom for your whole leg to go into dorsiflexion, then it kind of gets you stuck. And sometimes you'll see like when people go into dorsiflexion, like they'll feel a tightness here, kind of like a block. And they're like, well, I can't get any further. It just feels really tight. And sometimes what you'll see on the internet is a lot of people will do exercises where you know, they take the kettlebell and they place it on their knee and they're like, okay, I'm going to like get more ankle mobility this way. And sure, that is a great exercise, but this goes down this whole like rabbit hole of, you know, why are you doing that? Do you know why that's an exercise to begin with? And a lot of times when people see like mobility exercises or warm up exercises that are supposed to do X, Y, and Z, they don't really know the purpose behind it and most likely they're placing it into their warm-up or their you know mobility practice in a wrong way so even for me when i post you know my three exercises for hip mobility most 99 percent of the time the person watching it those exercises are not for them because they're out of context because one Maybe those hip mobility exercises is primarily for hip flexion. And maybe you have a history where hip flexion actually triggers a painful response or actually just fucks up your shit more, right? So it becomes a very like, 
dangerous field to kind of get into where you're searching online and you're like, I'm just gonna pick an exercise for my hips before I back squat and hopefully it you know, fixes things. But in reality, if you have an ankle that can't go into dorsiflexion and you're picking a random exercise that's supposed to improve ankle mobility, it may or may not work, right? So a lot of times I would assess someone's ankle to see what is kind of um, limiting their um, range of motion. And this is where it all kind of like the detective work comes into play. So if I was assessing somebody, number one is like their history. Do you have a history of rolling ankles all the time? Have you ever had surgery done on it? Have you, do you have like a metal plate in there? Do you, have you dislocated your, like all those things come into play because most likely if there was an injury, a previous injury, then that's gonna be a huge limiting factor. And then we have a lot more work ahead of ourselves. So an example with me, and I'll show you on my left ankle, um, I used to skateboard a lot and this ankle has been beaten up by going into this position a lot. And now if you can hear it, that's like all scar tissue that's been built up in that angle. Like it's super disgusting when you hear it. And when I teach kin stretch and I'm like, all right, we're doing um, ankle cars. And like, it's just popping off like crazy. And I never took care of that injury in the very beginning when I you know, had it. But again, when I was a kid, 16 years old, skateboarding, I rolled my ankle. I'm like, okay, whatever, it's part of skateboarding. But you know, I never took the time to going down the path of like properly rehabbing it and then all the years built up and then when I came to exercise I quickly realized that my left ankle that I always injured had less range of motion than my right and that's usually the case a lot of people will have one funny ankle that they always roll or they had one ankle that they broke and it's never been really the same so now imagine you have one ankle that has a past history of rolling, injury, whatever it is, and another ankle that's never had that and works really well. What's gonna happen when you have two feet on the ground and you squat down? Most likely you're gonna go into the ankle with the least resistance and now your pelvis up here is gonna come down and rotate into the ankle that has more dorsiflexion, more range of motion, and then you're gonna come back up. And you have this weird, rotational pattern and then you wonder why does my hip feel tight why does it hurt why does my back sometimes hurt when i squat and again this is like a make-believe person but most of the time when i see this if i check that person's ankle and in this case the left for me it has less range of motion and i usually get like crossfitters or powerlifters coming to me for assessments and they sometimes fall into that category and I'm like, well, lowest hanging fruit here is to improve that ankle mobility and your squat is probably going to feel a lot better and you're probably going to get another PR. And most of the time, kind of like wrists, ankles are often forgotten. Like if you ask yourself, when was the last time you've actually worked ankle mobility? When was the last time you strengthened your ankles? 
Probably never, right? So looking at something like that is like, okay, well, that's my missing link. And then if I take that same individual through, and let's use me in this case, um, through an assessment, I'm also going to look at how much dorsiflexion they have and how much plantar flexion they have. So if you think of our ankle joint as not only as a kind of like a teeter-totter, it can also tilt left to right. But I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But essentially, you can even do this assessment yourself is that if you have your foot here and you want it to test, okay, how much dorsiflexion do I have? Put your four fingers in front of your big toe and then see if your knee can at least get to that clearance, right? So sometimes when I do this assessment, you know, I will use like a dowel, but in this case I have a, um, what is this called, stick roller. <laughs> and then all I'm gonna do is try to get my knee to touch it. So now, by test, I have a lot more than necessary to squat. So something as simple as that to assess if you have enough um, dorsiflexion to squat is a simple way of getting that. Now the other thing that I look for is how much um, dorsiflexion they have with their big toe. And it's funny because again, a lot of people don't think that toes are important when it comes to exercise, but it's like the pillar, the, the arch, like the perfect structure in our entire body in order for us to stand, walk, run, jump, everything. And a lot of times when that big toe doesn't work, then you're kind of screwed. So if you think about it, your big toe, and let's get you down here, is the first point of contact to create propulsion, power, everything. So if this guy can't move interdependently, and I've done videos on like toe mobility by himself, and then we have a huge problem. Because if you think about it, when you squat, in order to activate glutes as hard as possible, this guy, when you push down, that's gonna create connection with your glute. Now, if we don't have that, and it's kind of just there, and a lot of people will squat through their heel, and they put all the pressure on their heel, where is the power coming from? Like, we have a huge energy leak. If this big toe doesn't have enough dorsiflexion like this, and it's either jammed like this, you'll see that a lot when people wear certain shoes that will disfigure their toe and then they end up getting a bunion whereas this toe should have a lot of separation between the other fingers and spread so you can get more basic support i always tell people think of like your foot as a tripod right you have pressure going through your heel your big toe and the rest of the toes and you're kind of like planted and rooted into the ground and now you're not moving anywhere and now when you squat coming up you have full control and generating force into the ground to come back up. So, ankles, super, super important. Big toe, super, super important when it comes to adequate squat mechanics, which are the two things that a lot of people don't think about. Now, a lot of times too is when we do that ankle mobility test that I was showing earlier, a lot of times people will cheat it, and this is gonna be a good view, is like, your body's really good at cheating 
movement. As I'm coming forward, what you'll see for people to cheat is like their whole hip will come out to the side to get more dorsiflexion and then back. Whereas it should be like a straight forward mo motion. But if I was cheating, you'd see a lot of this kind of stuff. And again, that falls into that faulty pattern where our pelvis is gonna fall into um, positions that are not the best for us. Now, you kind of covered a little bit of anatomy, but the other kind of, um, equa not equation, but um, addition to this is how well your uh, tibia moves. Now, your knee joint can move. So most people think their knee can just go into flexion and extension, like my foot got right into your face. But this knee can also move. So when I show this in my kin stretch classes, I get a lot of eyes at me like, what the hell are you talking about? So if I lock out my ankle joint, putting it into maximal um, dorsiflexion, then I can move this bone in my shin called my tibia. And then you have your muscle that runs along it called your uh, tib anterior. Now this knee is connected to that bone and it can externally rotate and internally rotate between that. When you squat, you need this bone to go into both of those directions and if I have someone who can't move through these two um, movement patterns, then we have a lot of problems. Usually that person who has a really tight ankle that doesn't move properly also has a tibia that is super stuck. So if I can get the ankle to move better, the big toe to move better, and the knee to move better, then we have a lot of movement options. A lot of times when people get stuck in squats is because they don't have the prerequisites to get super low and they rely on other things. And it's kind of like a chain of reactions that go up and that's a lot of the reasons why people get back pain while squatting and all this other fun stuff. But let's move on to kind of the exercise selection. So if I had, for example, someone with a really shitty ankle that can't move. The easiest thing is to get more dorsiflexion. So if you've been following me for a while, there's something called pales and rails, um, where in kin stretch, we utilize this as an isometric contraction to communicate to our nervous system for the specific joint that we're trying to influence. So this whole idea of, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it is 100% true. The moment you stop using a joint, your brain will shut down the information highway to that joint. So that's why a lot of times when I teach kin stretch to someone brand new and I'm showing them how to move their hip, they have no idea how to move their hip other than flexing it like this because they're so used to it when they're sitting at their desk, chair, car, whatever it is. But anything beyond that, it's like, the signal is so faded that they have no idea. So with an ankle that is stiff, and your body is like, I'm shutting shit down there. 
the easiest thing to do is to reconnect that information highway from your brain to all the muscles involved into that joint. And this is the biggest thing that I have seen in this past year is that people have no connection to the deep internal stuff of their body to generate movements that we do in the gym. If I had that person that is a power lifter or a crossfitter that hits a plateau and I see that, okay, their ankle mobility is like decent, but what if I made it better and made the communication between brain and muscles surrounding the joint capsule more efficient? Wouldn't that influence the quality of the movement in a squat? 100%. But most people will just do what they always do. I'll do more squats. I will do variations of other squats. And they still do it on an ankle that doesn't have the full capacity that it should have. So the lowest hanging fruit is make the internal stuff work better. Make that communication better. And I kind of use this example as if I do direct work for the joint that is going to influence a movement. Every time I work on that specific joint, think of that information making your flashlight in your ankle brighter every single time and you can see more. And that allows you to explore exercises more clearly. So the three exercises, because that's my whole jam right now that I would do, is pails and rails to kind of get that information going. So this is the ankle that I'm influencing. I want to take it to its end range. So for me, my end range for dorsiflexion, I'm going to go here, is about here. And I'm going to hang out here for about two minutes. At the top of the two minutes when uh, that timer goes, you're going to slowly start pushing your um, toes into the ground to do plantar flexion. You're going to kind of start about 10% of how hard you're pushing. And then after that, you kind of go to 30%, 50 70% and then when you're ready you're gonna go as hard as possible like you're trying to burn a fucking hole into the ground you're gonna do that a whole sequence of 10 30 50 70 and then 100% for about 15 seconds all together after that you'll notice that you'll be able to get a little bit further into the stretch and it can literally be like a millimeter but that just tells us that your nervous system goes oh you are communicating to what's happening inside here I'm awake, now let's further go into it. From there, we'll do a rails contraction, which is the opposite, where you're gonna try to bring your ankle towards your knee. And then it'll look kind of like this, where nothing is coming up. But if I was cheating, I would just do that, right? But because I'm in my end range, and that's where the magic happens, is in your end ranges, and you're trying to lift, and it's not going anywhere, that's what you want. Now, after doing, you know, pails and rails, now we need to challenge this angle. Did I say angle or ankle? Ankle. <laughs> Something as simple as doing an ankle car where you try to go into all the end ranges of your ankle and taking it through a full, uh, you know, ankle car, which is a controlled articular rotation, 
is going to give, again, more feedback to the joint capsule and your brain is going to make that information highway more clear. You're getting that brighter flashlight on your ankle. Now, after doing some of those, I would now challenge that ankle. So similar to what we kind of started with, where we had, you know, kettlebell on top of the knee and we're going in. Now it's a good time to actually get into exercises like that or even positional isometrics where I take my ankle into full dorsiflexion and I manually push into my foot and I try to resist against it. And then resetting would be another great example of getting that ankle a lot stronger or literally putting like ankle weights around the foot and just literally driving up as hard as possible is another great option. Now, the other thing that I would focus on is doing um, knee cars. And if you think about uh, knee cars, as again, we're trying to get that tibia to move. So the big thing here that I always see people doing correctly is they leave this ankle floppy into plantar flexion. And then they try to do an ankle car and you can already see like I don't really get that much movement like it's pretty good considering the fact but if I put my ankle into dorsiflexion look how much more I get and you can even see like my tip and popping out being able to do this right so this is very simple going through internal and external rotation of my knee joint so really I gave you four exercises if you did Pails and rails of the ankle for dorsiflexion. Then you did some ankle cars. Then you did some positional isometrics or, you know, holding dorsiflexion and pushing him down would be huge. And then finishing off with some knee cars, you're going to see huge improvements in ankle mobility, performance, stability, you name it. But again, these are some really, really simple things that you can do every single day. And that's funny, like a lot of times when I start doing kin stretch with people, their number one question is like, you know, how um, much of this mobility stuff is too much? And I always make the joke and they're like, I want you to be the first person to overtrain mobility because I've never seen it happen. So in those cases it's like if your ankle is the limiting factor in your squat in your lunge in your box jump whatever it is then you kind of should make this a priority where you do this every day multiple times a day in your warm-up in your cool down whatever you want to call it do it all the time you'll see huge improvements i'm gonna end it there because i can ramble on about this all the time um, happy to report that we're, I'm back at home after that flood that happened last year. It only took 10 months to finally move back in, but even then, things weren't um, completely finished. Still not today, but functioning household and in my new exercise area. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for watching, listening, and if you haven't done so already, subscribe to my YouTube channel. We're past 500 subscribers. That's huge. Thank you so much for all the ones who have subscribed and been following my work and supporting me. And for those who haven't, stop watching me and subscribe already. 
Um, thank you again. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Add me on Facebook and Instagram, and I will see you guys next time.